What's going on, everybody? Tommy Glasgow here, welcoming you to episode five of the Holy City Hoops podcast. We've finally gotten to real basketball games that count toward the NCAA record books, and wouldn't you know it, the Cougars are 2-0 and on the young season. Elsewhere in the CAA, Northeastern split their Boston series with BU and Harvard. UNCW took an L to Chris Clemens and the Campbell Camels, and then lost in Wilmington to visiting Stanford. Elon opened up the new Char Center by getting blown out by the UNC Tar Heels, and JMU got an insane buzzer beater from Stucky Mosley to win at East Carolina. Definitely check that one out if you haven't already. But Charleston is still undefeated. Last week they defeated Presbyterian at home. Then they went on the road for a tough one against Western Carolina that came down to the buzzer. That one was closer than expected. My co-host this week is Nick Rodriguez. He was a sports reporter and later the sports editor for the Cistern Yard. He covered the Cougars up close during his time at CFC. And like me, he's also a big hoops nerd. So Nick and I recap both wins. We discuss the guys who really stood out to us, what trends we're starting to see. And then we spend the latter part of the episode previewing two huge games this week for CFC. Rhode Island comes to TD Arena on Tuesday night. That's probably the biggest non-conference game for the Cougars this year at home. And then the Cougars go on the road to Stillwater to take on Oklahoma State. And Nick and I both think that with a few tweaks, the Cougars can keep things rolling and pick up a few W's uh, in those two games. So enjoy the following conversation with Nick. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast if you haven't done so already. It's going to be a lot of fun now that the games are, are going every week. And let us know what you want to hear in future episodes. You know, Reach out on social media, shoot me a note, comment on the website, whatever you want to do. I'd love to hear it. But for now, here's me and Nick. All right, this week's guest is Nick Rodriguez. He's a former sports writer and editor at Cistern Yard. He's also another big basketball fan like myself. Nick, welcome. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Uh, great to be on the show. Good to have you on. We finally got real basketball again. It's nice. <laughs> I know. I can't believe it's already November and we already have somewhat meaningful basketball. It's good to to see the guys on the court again and, and have college basketball back. And the Cougars are 2-0. and Most fans expected them to be 2-0 and at this point. But nonetheless, it's good to not have any disappointments in those first two games between Presbyterian and Western Carolina. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, last year was a special season for the Cougars, but you also lost a lot in Cameron Johnson and Joe Chile. So it was interesting to see how the team was going to respond in those first two games. And, you know, um, Grant Riller, I think, is something that stood out to me. I mean, he played really well uh, in those first two games, averaging 27.5 points per game just through two games. But it just shows that he can score no matter what, really. Yeah. He looked unstoppable at points in both games. We'll get to the Western Carolina game in a, in a little bit, but there were some times in that game where the offense couldn't do anything and Grant would just get one of those, you know, those plays where he just knifes to the rim and, and lays it in, and that, that keeps the offense afloat. He looked, he looked like he lived up to the all-CAA billing in both games, I thought, too. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and, and I thought Terrell played well as well. Yeah, for sure. So let, let's start with Presbyterian. It was at home, first game of the year. Seemed to be a couple jitters from the guys early on, but uh, they come away with that win, uh, kind of cruise to a win at the end there. What were your overall takeaways from from the Presbyterian game? Yeah, um, I, I just thought that, you know, it was the first game of the season, 
so like I mentioned before, there was a lot of unknown, I think, you know, coming in, you know, you, you lose Cameron Johnson, you lose Joe Chile. So it was interesting to see how the, the lineup would shake out with a lot of different players, but I thought Jasper looked really explosive and that was interesting to see, as I mentioned before, Grant Riller played really well and they're scoring a lot of points. You know, they, they're yeah. 74 points in the, in the paint in the first two games is a lot. But yeah, I thought overall, you know, there's the chemistry looks good for the first two games, but that's something that will improve uh, as they move on into conference play. I agree. I, th- I think this is more players in in the rotation than we're used to seeing. It, I, you know, by the end of last year, it was really just a seven man rotation with the five starters, McManus and Pointer. But you know, Grant seems to be coach grant seems to be experimenting with different groups and seeing what he can get with with each kind of combination but coming out of that presbyterian game riller and brantley kind of did their thing i thought those were the types of performances i would expect from those guys but i came away really impressed with jasper isaiah moore and brevin galloway all those guys to me i mean jasper freshman point guard i know he's a red shirt but uh, 15 points, 5 for 8 from the field, 3 for 5 from 3. Isaiah Moore followed up on a really strong exhibition game and came off the bench to score 13. And then Galloway, you know, he didn't score in that Presbyterian game, but I thought his defense was really good. He had 9 rebounds, for the most part looked in control and, and not like a deer in the headlights like he might have last year. So for me, the three newcomers were kind of the story from that game, just because I think Riller and Brantley kind of expect uh, those performances from them. Absolutely. I, I totally agree. And I think Galloway is going to be such a huge part to the Cougars season this year. I mean, depending, I mean, because exactly what you're just saying. I mean, you, we know what we're going to get from Brantley and from Riller. It's more of that three, maybe four option, maybe even five, depending on what Grant uh, decides as who the starting lineup is going to be. But if Galloway can give you some some scoring, some three-point sh- shooting, and you know some lockdown defense, that's going to be huge, especially going into conference play. I think we've people were wondering going into this season who was going to be the third scorer because we had that three-headed monster last year with Riller, Brantley, and Chile. Right. But it might I, – I, whether we have a third scorer and it's Galloway or it's Jasper or it's Moore or Nick Harris or whoever – or if we just have, you know, three guys who scored double figures like we did against Presbyterian, both of those options work. Maybe it's a third score and it's Galloway or it's Jasper, or maybe it's like eight or nine points from four or five other guys. Um, so that'll be interesting to see if we get another third score or if it's just kind of by committee. Uh, but it looks like there's a couple guys who could at least step into that role. I'm with you, though. I think I think Galloway these first two games looks like he's probably going to be the closest to that third option. Yeah, I agree. And, and there's just a, there's a lot of young talent on the team, uh, especially Zepp and Isaiah Moore. And it just excites me just for the future. And with that, there's just so many, there's so many options. Like once, once the chemistry fully gets together and I guess they're used to playing with each other after 10 games or so, you know, this team is really going to, you know, be exciting and there's going to be a lot to see and just, you know, it's the post Chile era, but I think it's going to be a good one. Yeah. I cannot speak highly enough for more. I know he didn't, didn't follow it up 
much in the Western Carolina game, but in that Presbyterian game, I mean, just to get your first career field goal to be a dunk is pretty badass. Yeah, that was and cool. then yeah, <laughs> and then to to hit a three, he only registered five rebounds on the box score, but he had so many that were just offensive putbacks or you know tap outs for somebody else to get. Just seemed really active. His he's obviously his physical stature is really unique, but the fact that he kind of has those guard skills, he can make free throws, he can make threes, and he has the length to to crash the boards was really impressive to me. It looks like, you know, just looking at the, the stat sheet right now, he's averaging uh, about 13 minutes a game. Do you think he'll increase that as the season goes on, or is that, you know, about what he'll play uh, game in and game out? I don't know. It, it might depend on matchups. You know, he didn't look as great against Western Carolina who had a a big guy who could really push his weight around. I think both him and Jasper, more and Jasper struggled a little bit when they got bodied kind of in the paint. So, he might not be a fit against like a, an Oklahoma State, but I think he has to get playing time just because of his energy and his activity. Um, you know, maybe Grant goes with a Osanachi Smart or a Nick Harris against bigger teams, but I, th- I think he has to get some playing time. I don't think he'll be squeezed out of the lineup, so maybe maybe that 13 minutes is is about where he'll end up being. Yeah, I agree. He's he's too explosive and of a too explosive of an athlete just to uh, not to play him as much as uh, 13 minutes. Yeah. Another thing I noticed in the Presbyterian game, you know, the Cougars three point shooting wasn't really there, but defensively and especially on the glass they seem to really lock in late so 48 to 30 advantage uh, rebounding advantage against presbyterian i don't have the offensive rebounds in front of me but it seemed like they were collecting a ton of those i think they got like five or six on the first possession of the game so it was good to see that even with new players even with um you know new roles for guys that defense and rebounding is still there and when the shots aren't falling, the team can still kind of fall back on, on those two things. Oh, absolutely. I mean, over the over the Western Carolina game and the Presbyterian game, they're averaging eight and a half more rebounds than those teams. And if you out Wow. Yeah, exactly. If you that's almost ten rebounds. And you know, you just do the math on how many points that is. I mean, that's just you're gonna win a lot of games if you out rebound eight and a half. Uh, yeah, that's decisive. It, it really is. I mean, that's that's impressive. I mean, and both games got tight at one point. I know the Western Carolina game, they were trailing, I think, eight, maybe even nine in the second half. And that rebound really, you know, allowed them to get back in the game. Riller made some clutch baskets. Brantley made some clutch baskets. Um, you know, of course, Galloway was big. But I think rebounding is, you know, it's a key to winning basketball. And they've proven that they can they can do it. Yeah. Anything else you want to cover on Presbyterian before we move over to Western Carolina? Uh, no, I think I think uh, we can move on. All right. Yeah, Western Carolina. That game was probably a little bit closer than most fans anticipated. I don't know if it was the early start time or, you know, Western Carolina had a new coach, totally new system than maybe the Cougs are used to seeing from, from the Catamounts. But kind of a slow start for Charleston. Um like you just mentioned, they got down almost double digits uh, in the second half uh, before kind of going on a run and, and getting things going. What what were your takeaways in that game? 
Yeah, it was just – I think it's the early – it's the beginning of the season. So uh, you're just starting to get to play. It's only their second game of the season, and they're on the road. So there's a lot of factors playing into that. Um, but to that point, they do know this team pretty well. They play them – I think they play them every year. Uh, of course, they're former SoCon rivals. Yeah. Um, slow start, but, you know, I, I think that the Cougars have – two key pieces to rely on and that's Riller and Brantley. But, you know, kind of mentioned this before, but Galloway really showed out against Western Carolina. He had 17 points. Uh, he knocked down three threes, uh, 17 points was a career high for him. So again, like he just, he just played really well in that Western Carolina game and helped them help them get to a victory. I know Riller had the 28 points to, to lead both teams but yeah I think Galloway's probably MVP of that game for me just he kept us afloat in the first half when you know the whole team looked kind of sleepy I think he had 10 in the first half and you know we needed all 17 points from him you know the game's closer than it should have been he still brought the defense that we saw in the Presbyterian game but yeah 17 points and it, it almost almost a quiet 17 points you know he would just play within the offense he wasn't ball hogging or anything like that uh just playing within the offense taking threes he was showing a couple couple moves where he pump fake drive get a dunk or a lay-in so yeah Galloway was the guy for me in that second game who, who really stood out yeah and he had some big threes in the second half as well I mean he did I mean, he did have one yeah yeah right exactly in the closing I, I don't like uh, you know I think it was maybe five minutes left or around that time where he had a big three to you know really help the Cougars flow of the game. I mean, I think he's not a ball stopper. I think you think he just, he, he's a spot up shooter and he plays great defense and that's going to be, that's, that's a big help. Yeah. I think that's a good way to put it. Yeah. He did hit that three when it seemed like we really needed it. I don't know where we were trailing, but yeah, he, he did hit a big one in the second half. Another thing that stood out to me in that game, uh, coach Grant played 10 players. So he played everyone from Samba Njai to Jalen Richard got some playing time. Jalen McManus played for for the most time. He's he's played all season. So lots of different lineups out there, lots of different combinations of guys. It's it does still seem like he's figuring out what works best. Did you see any like ill effects from from playing that many guys? Do you think that affected the offense at all? Um, I don't think so. I mean. Usually, you know, you, you'll, you'll play probably seven guys uh, in a normal rotation. But, you know, again, it, it's early and you're just trying to get minutes in and it's a young team. I think we probably would have started out slow either way, you know, playing at Western Carolina. So, no, I I, I think it was okay. I mean, it, I think it's good to get those guys minutes. And, of course, as the season wanes, you're not going to play that many guys every single night. So, no, I think I think it's okay. So he, he plays a couple different combinations. Like I mentioned, Jalen McManus, for me, was somebody who, who kind of stood out. When he first went in the game, he still looked like he was really a step behind. I think he airballed two of his first couple shots, got beat on defense a couple times. But then as the, as the game went on, he kind of found his flow, made a couple big plays where he'd get a steal, he'd get a lay-in, he'd get to the line. Plays like that, that kind of got the Cougars back into it. So Jalen McManus, for me, kind of kind of stood out as well. Yeah, and he and he's just recovering from an injury, too. So, 
you know, he'll take some time to recover and get back to his full self. But yeah, 20 minutes, six points, even at two steals. I mean, that's, that's a pretty good line for, for Jalen. He also had a pretty big block. I forget, I forget who was on or, or when it was in the game, but he, he stuffed somebody at the rim that led to a Cougar run out and, and score in transition, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then the other Jalen, Jalen Richard, he comes off the bench, doesn't play a ton of minutes, but a critical stretch there where he hits a three, I think, to give Charleston the lead after they had gotten down eight or nine. And then he gets basically a circus shot to fall he's in the lane throws it up it goes off the glass he missed the free throw but five consecutive points to uh to kind of give them some some cushion there yeah exactly I thought he played well you know five points in 12 minutes is actually pretty good considering that's not that much playing time and he you know gets the ball up got some points in, in some crucial situations so yeah I thought that was uh that was a key point that's an efficient stat line for Jalen Richard for sure what do you think of their their free throws? Uh, looks like they went uh, five of nine in the first half, and then seven of ten in the second half, going twelve of nineteen. Uh, do you think you know they need to shoot more free throws, or what were your takeaways when it comes to their free throw shooting? Yeah, it did seem like they were missing more than they usually do these first two games. I think Jarrell probably has the most attempts on the team so far. I would guess. Uh, and he looks a little bit off. I know he's normally like an 80% shooter, and he seemed to to have some some jitters. But free throws and turnovers, I hope, are things that just, as the season goes on, the Cougars will get better at. So great if they shot a little bit better, but I'm, I'm not going to overreact just yet. A few other things from the uh, the Western Carolina game. I think the defense could have been a little bit better. Um, I I know Coach Grant had some comments at halftime and probably after the game as well about a few too many open threes given up. Uh, there's definitely some plays in transition or just even in the half court where guys were, were late to close somebody out. They're running to a shooter when the ball is already coming out of his hands. I think... That's something that the team's probably going to work on. You you can get away with it against a Western Carolina or Presbyterian, but against Rhode Island or Oklahoma State, you know those shots are going to fall a lot more consistently if you're not defending them well. So, did did you notice anything lacking in in defense? I mean, you kind of you kind of hit it right on the head. Um, <clears throat> when you're able to score as many points as Charleston can, sometimes you, you overlook that issue. You know, when it comes to, to playing good defense, closing out on threes and such. Uh, but giving up easy baskets, easy twos and stuff. I know um, Nick Harris, a senior who I really like, uh, I saw him get blown by a few times. Real easy, just to the basket. And maybe he needs help on that, you know, if someone needs to rotate and, you know, help him out on that. But that's something that'll be fixed. I'm not too concerned by that, but you're absolutely right. When they play the Oklahoma States of the world, or even when they play, uh, you know, Rhode Island, who actually I would, you know, that's a really good team. Uh, that's just not going to cut it. You know, that's um, something that they're probably going to address in practice this week. If, if anything, Coach Grant is going to have a team that plays defense. I mean, he's proven the last couple of years that, you know, whether the team has shooters or not, they're always going to play good defense. So that should come around. Again, that might be an issue of just guys coming in and out of the lineup uh, and, you know, the, the rotations kind of working themselves out. Um, 
You mentioned Nick Harris, though, who we need to touch on. Fifth-year senior, starting center, has still not scored a point this season. What are your uh, What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's kind of uh, – it's a little disappointing. I like Nick Harris. He actually went to St. Pius, which is a high school that's kind of close to me. He's an Atlanta kid, yeah. Yeah, he is. He's an Atlanta kid, and he's fifth year, and, you know, so we started around the same time. Uh, he has no idea who I am, of course, but that, that's <laughs> the point. But, you know, I, I just – kind of wanted him to develop a little bit more. It's not scoring in two games is kind of crazy, especially when you start and you're as big as he is. I don't know. It's just, it's just a little – he's just kind of inconsistent. Yeah, and I just didn't think he played that all that well against Western Carolina. And just looking at his stat sheet right now, 14 minutes, which isn't all that many compared to the other starters. Mm-hmm. Uh, two rebounds, two fouls, two turnovers and a block. And, of course, as you mentioned, no points. Uh, do you have similar feelings on Nick, or how do you feel? Yeah, I mean, no, I, nobody's expecting Nick to be, like, prime Shaq and, like, put <laughs> low post moves on people and, like, back people down and dunk on them. Double, double uh, he's always <laughs> he's always been a defense-first guy and, and kind of the, the back line. He's a great shot blocker. He's a good rebounder. But, yeah, I mean, in a game – like Western Carolina where it's closer than it should have been any any production from Nick offensively could have helped you know just get to the line you know get, beat one of those smaller guys on a switch we, we could have used four or five points from him that game's totally different it doesn't come down to Brantley having to block a shot at the buzzer to to secure a win so I'm a little disappointed in Nick too I have faith that he's gonna find his his footing uh and and find his role you know, in that starting lineup. But uh, yeah, no, I, I think it's definitely something to, to keep an eye on. Yeah. Do you think uh, if, if his play, you know, stays where it's at, I'll say, uh, do you think he could get benched for, you know, a different player, maybe uh, Jalen McManus or, you know, something like that? That's a good question. Um, I, I haven't been super impressed by like either of or any of the centers so far right uh so harris got got pulled pretty quick in the western carolina game oc came in and you know gave up some some quick fouls uh he couldn't stop uh i think uh carlos dotson the the big guy from western carolina who was putting in work uh and then you see coach grant put out samba for the first time this season uh, Samba stuffs a dunk attempt right away, but I think he picked up a couple fouls too. So I don't know. Nick, Nick can can pass. He knows where to be on defense. I think you you hit the nail on the head when he did get driven past a couple times. He he sometimes struggles to guard guys who can shoot or who can drive off the perimeter. I think his starting spot's pretty secure unless we see either OC or Samba, you know, really start to flourish. Uh, but the Jarrell, the Jarrell at center lineup has always been pretty good, and it seemed like the lineup with him at, at the five and McManus at the four was really good down the stretch of the Western Carolina game. Yeah. So that's an, that's an interesting wrinkle, but I think we might just see that kind of how we did with the Marquise Pointer lineup last year where you know maybe Marquise doesn't start, but the lineup with, with him in place of uh, who would it have been? It would have been 
pointer in place of Harris with Brantley at the five last year would like close out games. So we might, might see that we might see McManus at the four Brantley at the five, or even like Brantley with four guards around him closing out games. Yeah. And, that, and that's a dangerous lineup too, especially with pointer. I mean, yeah, that could, that could be pretty lethal. Yeah. I don't know when pointer gets back, but, uh, who do you think he replaces in the starting lineup, Jasper, or do you think maybe Galloway? What, what are your thoughts? I would say, man, that's man. I think it has to be Jasper. They, they yeah. like, I would, Zep's been, Zep's been really good, but uh, you might, I don't know. You might need to keep Galloway in after he put up 17. Yeah, I agree. Um, and also like to that point, uh, pointer uh i think with jack coming off the bench in the second unit he's so quick and he you know he's a starting caliber uh player i think that would even be even better for your second unit to have him come out you know he could really take control of that second unit um but i agree i think pointer probably takes out jasper just because of what galloway can do on the defensive end and if galloway's hitting shots yeah it's hard to bench him at this moment yeah um, anything else you got on Western Carolina? No, I think we pretty much wrapped it all up. All right. So, uh, 2-0 starts. Two not cupcake teams, but low major teams that the Cougs were expected to, to win. But the schedule gets a lot harder this week. Rhode Island comes to TD Arena uh, on Tuesday. And then Oklahoma State the following weekend. So, Maybe two of the bigger individual games this season. Definitely the biggest home game for me uh, uh, with Rhode Island coming to visit A-10 team, NCAA tournament team. What are you you excited about in that game? Well, I mean, I'm excited to get a little revenge. Uh, Yeah. Last year, Charleston went up to Rhode Island and a tough environment and lost 68-62 in a game that Charleston didn't play all that well in. Um, to my to my recollection, uh, but you know it's a tough team, and I think playing those teams are are great for tournament play, and that can prepare you for conference play and you know like in the tournament and stuff. But I, I'm really excited just to see how uh, defensively we match up, you know, because as we mentioned before, we've had some struggles defensively, uh, you know, whether it was in the post or defending the three. So seeing a, a team with the caliber of Rhode Island, I just like to see how they improved from that. And then just to see, you know, just it's simple, but what is Grant Riller going to do? And what is Jarrell Brentley going to do? I mean, those are the two best players on the team, you know, and this is the best team we're playing uh, so far in the season. So just want to see them show out. Probably the two best players on the floor in that game. I don't know if anybody on Rhode Island this season could, can match up with either of those two guys. I would agree with that, actually. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, we, we should say that it's not the same team that was a seven seed in the NCAA tournament last year. Uh, they lose their coach, Dan Hurley. He goes to UConn. They graduate five seniors, but still some guys from last year's A-10 regular season championship team on this squad. They've only played one game. It was Bryant at home, and they blew him out, 97-63. So it's hard to get a read on how Rhode Island looks this year. Uh, but I agree, you know, like uh, the A-10 might be a little bit down this season. Rhode Island might not be the favorite, but still uh, an A-10 uh, conference that consistently sends 
two or three uh, teams to the NCAA tournament. You've got them at home. It's a school that, you know, most casual fans would recognize. So I think, you know, I'd like to see Charleston jump on the gas early, uh, get out to a nice lead, and then kind of uh, show that they can hang with with a higher-tier A-10 team. It should be a fun one. I mean, it, it, it should be – I mean, it should be a lot of fun. And, you know, like you said, it's at home. It's not a, like a tournament game, you know, one of those early season tournaments where, you know, it's all bracketed and stuff like that. So it, it'll, it'll be a home game, and that, that'll be a, a raucous crowd. And that'll be – I'm excited. I'll definitely tune into that one. Uh, any any students listening definitely need to be at that game. I think it's a whiteout or a maroon out. There's some. Yeah, it's a maroon out. <laughs> maroon out. Yeah. Wear your maroon. Yeah. Should be a, a, a fun atmosphere on Rhode Island. Just to do a quick scout on them that the only guy that I recognize and casual fans might recognize his name because it's awesome. It's Fats Russell. Fats Russell is a 5'10 sophomore guard. Uh, he led the team in scoring in their game against Bryant kind of a role player on last year's team but um the guy's stirring the, the drink so to speak for Rhode Island this season I'm guessing it'll either be Jasper or Galloway who gets matched up on him uh two guys who have shown so far that they're pretty good on defense so that should be a, a fun matchup to watch yeah I agree anything uh anything else we're missing on Rhode Island no it's uh no no not at all I think it's Tuesday night seven o'clock TD Arena yeah, be there. <laughs> All right, and then, you know, another game that I had circled on the schedule when it first came out, Oklahoma State. I think that game is Sunday afternoon. Yeah, Sunday the 18th. Yep. Oklahoma State, you know, not expected to be a contender in the Big 12, but still um, a big-time school with a, a pretty well-known basketball program. Uh, what, are your, what are your overall takes on, on them? Now this game is really interesting to me because okay. because this game is you know you mentioned before that Rhode Island is probably a, a school or a team that most basketball fans probably recognize. I mean I agree with that, but Oklahoma State they play in the Big Twelve, uh, which is arguably the best conference you could say ACC ACC Big Twelve one of the two. Yeah, uh, but even in the down year, Oklahoma State you know is still a a top level program, you know, basketball wise. And, you know, the, the, they should match up very interesting uh, with, with CFC in Stillwater. Mm-hmm. And I believe they, Charleston and Oklahoma state have agreed to like a home and home series. So eventually yeah. Oklahoma state will come to Charleston to play a game. But I think this will be great for our players, especially the freshmen, just because when you play a, a team of that caliber, similar to when Charleston played Auburn, in the NCAA tournament last year, you know, it's a different level of, of players sometimes. And that level of experience can help you down the road, maybe not this year, but in a few years when you play those type of opponents. So it should be a good one. should be really exciting. I don't know too much about their roster or how they're, you know, supposed to do, but I know that they have a good program and that should only benefit the Cougars going down the road. Definitely. Yeah, I, I, w- I was happy to see this game on the schedule. I, I hadn't heard anything about it prior to when the schedule came out. But yeah, you, you get to play j- just the roster uh, setup on these bigger Big 12 ACC teams. It's just like almost a different game, right? Like when, when the Cougars play Villanova or Auburn or whoever, it's just 
bigger bodies, stronger players, more skilled players. So it's a good opportunity to see, you know, how this Cougar team matches up. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe this is a game where we see, you know, Samba and Nick are on the floor together, or like OC and Jarrell are on the floor together, just to give you some some strength. And uh, maybe Galloway and McManus are are on the wings, uh, just to to match up with like the physicality of of these bigger schools. Right, exactly. And I think this is also could be a good teaching moment for Coach Grant as well, uh, just being able to you know take some notes and you know just to see what works and what doesn't work. Maybe a big lineup like you mentioned would work. You know and uh, I was kind of hoping the Cougars would catch Oklahoma State off guard. Did you see what happened in OK State's game yesterday, though? No, I did not. What happened? So Oklahoma State played at UNC Charlotte, or Charlotte, whatever whatever they're called now, and lost at the buzzer to Charlotte. So looks like um, they're not going to be taking a mid-major team lightly. Obviously, that, that Charlotte game was in Charlotte, but uh, OK State starts the season Oh and one, I think they play. So they play UT San Antonio uh, before they play us, and and we'll see how they do there. But they might not be overlooking the Cougars. Uh, I think the Cougars are expected to be a little bit better than the uh, Charlotte 49ers this year. So uh, you know maybe we get OK State's best shot at us, but I think it's definitely a team that the Cougars could beat, even on the road and even with all the the history that OK State has. Uh, they're not expected to be in the top half of the big 12 this year. So it's still an opportunity for Charleston to kind of take down a, a bigger fish. Let me ask you something. Um, what like those two, the, the Rhode Island and, and Oklahoma state games, what, like if, what, what do you need to see to be, to be impressed? Do you need them to win, you know, both games or just compete, you know, maybe you split, split them or, you know, how do you, how do you, uh, how would you like to see them go? Why well, I, th- I think two and O is attainable. I I might have like maroon colored glasses on, but I I think a split is probably a more reasonable expectation. I I would expect the team to beat Rhode Island at home. I, I think it would be a bit of a letdown if they didn't do that, just because the team plays so much better at TD Arena. Uh, Rhode Island's not the same Rhode Island team they were last year. That the Cougars did not lose as much as they as Rhode Island did, and I I would really love to see them take an early lead, like I alluded to earlier. Um, don't come out of the gate sleepy. Don't let you know you know Presbyterian hit a couple threes early against us. Western Carolina got a couple you know second chance opportunities early. I would love the Cougars to just come out of the gates swinging. Grant Riller's getting to the rim. Galloway's hitting some threes. Maybe Nick Harris gets a a, a lay in or a dunk early on. That would be that would be awesome, but even just a win, even if it, even if it's a close one against Rhode Island, and then compete against Oklahoma State, uh, keep it close, and maybe eke out a win would would be really cool. Yeah, I agree. It's it's big that Rhode Island's at home. Uh, Oklahoma State on the road will be tough. That is a crazy environment. It'll be a tough one, but you know, I I think one you know going one and one in those two games is is reasonable. Yeah, yeah, I think that's uh, reasonable for fans to have. If the Cougars start four and zero, I think right now they're the uh, JMU is the only other team in the CAA that started two and zero. So if the Cougars start four and zero with Rhode Island and Oklahoma State on the schedule, then you might have to start 
talking about them as being a favorite over Northeastern, I would think uh, that that's that's the point where you know you can't dispute the the quality of wins. Oh, uh, absolutely. I mean, when you schedule those opponents and then you can start beating them, I mean that's why you schedule them, and then that could you know that benefits going into the tournament and uh, into conference play and everything else. Don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. Uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> team hasn't even uh, started prepping for Rhode Island yet, I'm sure. But again, yeah, big game on Tuesday. Everybody make sure you're in the building and you're loud to carry the Cougs to a win there. Absolutely. We need uh, we need to be packed out, maroon out, uh, and, you know, be loud. Meanwhile, you and I will have our maroon on from home and we'll be watching uh, <laughs> we're watching on the, on the live stream. Yeah, we'll, we'll contribute from afar. <laughs> exactly. Nick, you got anything else you want to touch on before we get out of here? No, I just, you know, just kind of what we were just saying, just support your Cougars. You know, I, I know last year was an exciting run, but, you know, even when they have their down moments, you know, we still need to cheer them on. You know, it, it should be another fun season. Right on. Nick, thanks for joining, man. It was fun. Hey, thanks for having me.